But we don't even have we don't have anything really to read or anything like that. But definitely important topic to talk about because it's like it's not it's not a demographic, really. Like what we we say it like it's a demographic, but the grill American isn't really a, a demographic. It's because it spans all uh, classes, you know, lower class, middle class, wealthy. It spans all denominations. I mean, the Grill American <clears throat> is the quintessential nominal conservative. It doesn't even have to be a conservative. It'd be, I mean, I, I've seen moderate center left people with this mentality. I just want to be left alone. I just want to watch my football on Sundays and grill out in my backyard and not have to worry about me. That's really like, that's what their life boils down. They want to wake up, they want to punch the clock, work all day, come home, and do whatever consumer consumerist thing they, they got to do at home to, to feel comfortable enough until the next work day. That's the Man, That's crazy. Anyways, did you see what happened in the game yesterday? <laughs> yeah, did, didn't that, didn't that <laughs> there one one kid on my he went over there and kicked that kicked that home run over there, man? Right, right through the. Like, right they're literally mutilating home. children. Yeah, man, but dude, uh, Ocho Cinco, man, you should have seen that catch he had over Tony Gonzalez, or I don't even know. <laughs> I, I would like I would like to add a disclaimer here. Hold on, I would like to add a disclaimer. It's fine <laughs> to enjoy sports. Oh, I, think yeah. a, I think that's a very white boy summer thing. To do. <clears> Travis, it's a very winsome. Hold, gotta, hold on, hold on. Add all the qualifications. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to add any qualifications. If you care more about your sports ball team than you do about kids getting his wee wee chopped off, you you have some serious freaking issues. True. I mean, so like, yeah, I'm gonna give you hardship though. No, I don't mean. Uh, well, why? Okay, why would I give my pastor hardship if, in his recreational time, he's watching, you know, Alabama football, which no. you know some people can't take into a secondary religion. But... Roll tide, <laughs> roll tide, roll tide. Anyway, Dale, the the. The Grill American is the perfect libertarian. I guess. I think that's what drove most people to libertarianism originally is, I just want to be, left, be alone. left alone. Yeah. I mean, that drove me to it, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's the whole selling point libertarian party is we're the party of just leave me alone this guy can be degenerate in this way and that guy can be degenerate in this way and you can read your bible it's all the same right yeah look man i don't want to cause a stir i just don't want to rock the boat i just want to work my nine to five grill my hamburgers on sunday and watch some alabama football i don't want to i don't want to rock no boats man but 
we, we were talking about this before the show actually started. Um, and, and the quintessential grill American would be probably the king of the hill TV show. show. And that's being revamped. And I think that is the gr- one of the greatest shows to ever come on TV. Next to maybe. Yeah, I mean. So so while 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 we're gonna freaking well while we're just sitting here bashing on grill Americans, I, I think I know I can speak for myself. We do understand the the want to not get involved and not fight for not fight for bigger issues outside of yourself. But at the same time, you know, we as men are called to, you know, we're we're called to stand up for societal woes, especially those that are right outside our front door. Um, and too many grill Americans are just sticking their head in the sand and, and playing horseshoes and, and cornhole on the weekend instead of doing something to better themselves and those around them. Yeah, so I think from my from my point, you know, I, I used to quote this a lot, um, and I'm going to quote it now. I, I quoted this, and it was part of my justification for libertarianism, and the sentiment uh, still remains, right? Uh, and in Romans 12, start with verse 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of, be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If it possible, if it's possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him, and if he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so I think they take this as a as a uh, the ethos of a good citizen, which it is. This is the point that the author of Romans is trying to get get across there, um, but then they take it to the point where, oh, I just can't engage in in an uh, antagonistic manner, um, even if what they're doing is is evil. Um, but that mindset would be in conflict with the way that God set up ancient Israel, which sexual degeneracy was punished in ancient Israel, and so that would make God in conflict with Himself. Because he's speaking right now through Paul in Romans, um, th- what what Paul's saying in Romans here would be in conflict with what ancient Israel did, if that were the case. So this passage isn't talking about don't get engaged, don't push back against degeneracy in your culture, don't push back against the evils of your government. It's it's talking about in a normal setting, you know, in a you know, uh, in Rome, you know they 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 outlawed degeneracy too. Not sure anybody knows that, but they weren't exactly welcoming to sexual degeneracy. Um, it depends and, on who was on the throne. 
well, but even even at their worst, I mean, most of the most of the degeneracy was in the upper class. Yeah. It was in the it was in the Senate, which is you know that's where all the all the the voyeuristic you know fun is to be had, and we we we're all about the voyeurism in our culture today. So we want to see train wrecks all the time. Um, I'm just as guilty of getting a kick out of train wrecks as anybody else. So that isn't really a shot at anybody uh, if it's not a shot at myself. But, you know, for the lower lower class people who most of the people here, uh, most of the people that, that Paul has in mind that he's speaking to would be part of this group. He's saying, you know, it doesn't matter what Rome does in a sense you're not supposed to go avenge yourself you're supposed to do good to the people who are doing wrong towards you so to to kind of make a a um interpretation into our setting you know whatever you're being accused of don't start going do uh, don't start doing the fed stuff like you know attacking people or uh, you know, any any of the January sixth accusations because I don't think they were actually doing what they're accused of, but the accusations of what the media wants to portray January sixers as don't do that stuff. Um, your your job is to to handle this through your magistrates, follow the proper order of government that God's given you. Um, we have sheriffs. So talk to your sheriff or elect a sheriff that's not going to put up with children being diddled in your community, right? uh, Elect a a governor who's not going to let children get get mutilated. Like God's given you a, a path of recourse. Even in a lot of these places that we would consider dictatorship, there's still for the people at the bottom to push back against evil that their government's doing. Take those roads, right? And you're going to get accused of fighting against democracy because you want a, an election where people aren't cheating and you want to legitimately elect somebody through you know proper motives. But let let that accusation be on their head. If you're doing the right thing, you will heap coals upon their heads. Um, but you still need to be engaged. Is is my ultimate point? Like you can't. You can't use this scripture as a justification and just say, oh, well, you know, let's just focus on the game. Sorry, I was a little long-winded, but... No. That's a good point, man. I mean, I just don't... I don't understand... I don't understand how you can live in a community. I mean, I guess I do understand what I don't understand is how people's consciences are so, I guess, seared uh, in the worst direction. Like how you can live in a community and then not want to be engaged. Like even going so far as like, <clears throat> I know so many people, dude. I see them on Facebook. I know them in real life. They will complain about something that they saw in the news headline. Uh, whether it's the ch- child mutilation or uh, uh, genital mutilation, or uh, or uh, the poorest southern border, or something. They'll they'll get a a soundbite or something from Fox News or Newsmax, and they'll complain about it for like five minutes. They might make a post on Facebook, 
But if it draws too much heat, they'll, they'll, they'll delete it. And then they'll go back to posting like, hey, man, I had such a great time at the country club today. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yep. like, why, why don't you, like, why don't you care? Like, why, why, what is holding you? What is the, what is causing the reticence? Is it, and these people go to church. It's not like, it's not like they're unchurched either. Like a lot of these people I'm talking about go to church. And I'm, the pastors don't talk about this stuff. I, so that's one, that's probably one angle. And if they bring it up to church, they, they probably get uh, censured for, you know, causing a stir. So they don't, or, or they're scared to. But then again, at the same time, <clears throat> I know for me personally, being Anglican, you got to walk on eggshells at church because the congregation is such a vast array of views, uh, contradictory views. Even like one of the guys I go to church with is like all about gun control and posting stuff on his Facebook, even to this day about Trayvon Martin. It's like, bro, it's been like four years. Like, what are you? Like, what are you doing? So, is he posting one of those? Uh, one of those comments. Thank you, Trayvon, for opening my eyes. <laughs> some, I, don't, some, <clears throat> I don't even know where I was going with this. It's just, I know at church, there are like, we. And I'm, I'm in a very small congregation. Me and the priest are on like the same wavelength. Uh, the bishop's certainly not. Uh, our diocese, man. Oh, good. I ain't going to talk about it. But what I'm saying is, uh, I know people at church, especially like, the old church I was at, the Baptist church I was at, we brought Zach Garris's book in for the men to study masculine Christianity. And that caused such a ruckus, dude. And it shouldn't because it was all like standard stuff that men have believed for two millennia or more. You know, the, the, the more general stuff that's not explicitly Christian was stuff that's been believed since the dawn of time. But, you know, Zach Garris makes some biblical arguments and, you know, keeping it in, in line with. The, the greater tradition of Christianity and, and Reformed Christianity. And, man, the squawking that came from some of the women in that church over this. Like, I know one guy, his life was literally changed for the better by this book. Like, he talked to his wife about it every night because we had a study group once a week on this book, on every chapter. And this dude's, like, the leader of his household now. Like, legit. Like his, he talked to his wife about it, and she's like, "Wow, I didn't realize I was overstepping so much. You know, I didn't realize like this is sinful. Like, thank you for pointing that out. But this, see, the thing is, this guy would have never done that had we never done this book study. He had someone not told him you need to care about this. It would have never happened. He didn't Those even know he was like, to care about it. Yeah, he didn't even know he was supposed to care." About it. And that's the thing about Grill Americans. It's like, I think there's a level of apathy. Yes, I mean, I, there is some negligence there, but I think at the same time, there's a level of just pure obliviousness, if that's the word. Is that a word? Well, we're going to say it's a American word. Yeah, we'll make it a word. I mean, it's the South, the hard S. Look, if, you, uh, if you're unsure of some's word, just say it with confidence and keep going. <laughs> no one will call you. Heck yeah. Uh, but yeah, people, 
people, man, they're just so oblivious to what's going on. I asked a buddy of mine who goes to a United Methodist Church. I just point blank asked him the other day on Facebook. <laughs> he's talking. He's bitching about all this stuff, politics. And I went and looked to see his uh his uh the church he goes to. My cousin used to be the pastor of his church. He's a liberal Methodist preacher. And uh, I went and looked, and now his pastor's a woman. And I asked him, I said, what I don't understand is how you have such, I mean, they're, they're generic conservative views. Like, he's bitching about the stuff that, like, they matter, but they don't matter as much as, like, the deeper issues that undergird these problems. But he's, like, bitching about these things. Uh, you know, he's laughing about the Bud Light controversy and stuff. I'm like, dude, you sit under the preaching of a woman who has a gay pride sticker on her car and she's pro-abortion and the vast majority of people in your church are as politically left-leaning as you can get without being like raging communist or raging communist like and like how does that how does that how does that compute my own state representative is an episcopal not a reformed Episcopal. Now, that'd be awesome if he was reformed Episcopal, but you can't get the reformed Episcopal church to plant anywhere that's not at the beach. Uh, <laughs> he goes, yeah. Uh, he he goes to an Episcopal church, and you know he portrays himself as conservative. It's like you do realize the mainline denominations, all of them, even the Southern Baptist Convention, unfortunately, have fallen into progressivism. Now, I'm, now, I am praying for the SBC, even though uh, I don't agree, obviously. I'm not a Baptist anymore. But uh, but the mainline denominations have all been hijacked by progressives, cultural progressives. Not just theological progressives, but cultural progressives, which their cultural progressivism stems from their theological progressivism. I know people like Luke Stamps, they hold this, this weird view that you can be theologically conservative and culturally liberal. Nah, that's not how that works. <laughs> like that's I mean you could sit there and say all day that you hold to the Nicene Creed, you believe in the Trinity. But if if you're like okay with, you know, little boys getting their balls cut off and gay marriage and abortion, then don't tell me you're a Christian. I don't care how much you recite the Nicene Creed. You're not a Christian. <laughs> like there's orthodoxy and there's orthopraxy and they go hand in hand. All right. Yep. Anyway, off my soapbox. Well, I, so there's a uh, the only defense I think I could give the Grill Americans, but I think it's a valid defense. Um, is everything? I, I guess there's two defenses really. So the first is um, I I shield I shield this book all the time. I promise I'm not getting royalties from them. Uh, but after virtue by Alastair McIntyre, um, you know the, the our entire way of thinking is so catastrophically screwed. We have no <coughs> real formal or um, uh, substantive ideas of virtue or goodness that we can rest our political opinions on. 
or even our social opinions or even our theology. Uh, what what the the Enlightenment has done to our ability to think and process information has been to eviscerate any kind of cohesive mindset. Uh, and so the 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 air we breathe and the water we swim in, so to speak, is this detached, um, very fluid way of thinking that just nabs ideas from the ether and slaps them together as if these different ideas can be melded together. And so you'll have someone who says they're a Christian. Um, you know, as you're saying, Neil, they, they've got quote-unquote orthodoxy, but they don't have orthopraxy. And so this is the, uh, the, the last buzzword that kind of addressed this was the carnal Christian. And I know it was a buzzword for a little while, um, but it's the guy who professes Christ and has an experience every Sunday and says he's saved or whatever. And then the rest of the week, you know, he's off with his, you know, adultery and fornication and drunkenness and all that good stuff. And he has no real basis for living that's derived from the text, that's derived from, from, from God. He's not living it. He just affirms it. Right? So that's so pervasive that these guys really don't have a lot of good, solid people to emulate. And they don't have a lot of good, solid teachers. In a very real way, they're actually leaderless because their leaders are just as bad off as they are. So that's really the first defense I've got. Um, but the second is that usually when these guys start talking about the troubles, uh, especially around someone such as myself who, um, let's just say it, uh, I have very little subtlety <laughs> um, at all, really. Uh, and so we'll be talking, and I'll just casually go Alex Jones on somebody. And, you know, in, in, in their perception, they they start off with thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to fight the libs. And then I start talking about interdimensional psycho, psychic vampires. And they're like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> like, yeah. that's and it's and it's it's bad because Alex Jones is right about a lot. You know, I, I say the interdimensional psychic vampires is a joke, um, but I mean it's really that bad. Like our our federal agencies are actively promoting child pornography. They're shilling yeah, it. They're, they're doing that, and they're 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 doing that, and they're arresting people for it. It's it's hilarious. It's like it's so obvious. Right. Right. Um, and there, there are sources from within the FBI and the CIA and from within all these federal you know, three-letter agencies um, that you know, child pornography is pretty common amongst the people that work in, in those agencies. Not, not just that they're peddling it. It's that they're involved in the activities, right? And so you, you start finding out about things like uh, the finders. You start looking into all the connections that Epstein has. And so these people go from believing they have a government with rules and they're dealing with, with more or less honest people on the ground and it's just these ethereal, corrupt people up in Congress 
and they don't realize how pervasive the evil is. And so it's such a shock to their system that they just don't engage with it. When you start realizing that your that your local sheriff's department is actually not only helping the drug trade, but actively promoting it going through your county to get federal funding, uh, not only the drug trade, but then human trafficking. Yeah, they'll make some arrests here and there. But there's a whole lot more that they know that's, you know, as this uh, one particular content creator on YouTube, you know, uh, the soft white underbelly of, of our society that is just allowed to be a part of this Leviathan that just streak straight through our hearth and home that we don't even realize. Right. And it, and it's such a, a shift in like, they have to change the way that they perceive how the world works in order to deal with reality. And, and I think there's a lot of people who just aren't prepared to deal with that change. And so their answer is to just ignore it. I can't do anything about it. It's, it's really just an effect of the black pill, right? Um, and a lot of these guys, they fall into the dispensationalist trap. I'm sorry for all the dispy people that are listening, but I have to take another shot at dispensationalism. Um, this this uh, loser theology, I'm sorry, it's true. I love John MacArthur, I really do, but it's true. He's got a loser theology. Oh, we lose down here, let's be clear. Um, and that's their mindset. Oh, we're all going to lose anyways, so what's the point? But I think I think these things feed into it. I don't think it excuses it. Um, I think they need to be involved, especially if we're going to live in a in a culture um, and in a governmental style that expects feedback from the every every man. Um, but as a parting jab, I think this is why democracy doesn't work because most of these people should never be able to vote anyways because they can't handle dealing with the full weight of what's going on. Um, and so they should be able to grill in their backyard without having to worry about it. We just shouldn't have to rely on their vote. Yeah. One of the, one of the other things is I, I think we might lend too much credence to um, the average American to, to think that they're in our IQ range, um, which I'm, I'm probably, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm brilliant by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm pu- I'm pushing you know high double digits over here, it, but meanwhile the average American is like you know they're they're staying steady right there at eighty and ninety, okay. Um, but uh, no, no, no. But you know, <laughs> I, I, I would I, <laughs> I would say everyone on this podcast, as as far as the hosts go, and I don't think I'm being uh, too presumptuous to say or too boastful to say, but we are we are slightly above average, if not. Uh, what would better than slightly be moderately above average IQ levels. And I don't think that the average American, the average grill American has the intellectual capabilities to actually think about these problems in any meaningful context. Is it, so, well, is it IQ? Sorry. Is it IQ? Is it IQ or is it just ignorance because I know some pretty smart people who are grill Americans that are like engineers and stuff like that and I'm, they could run circles around me in calculus but like in terms of being in terms of being informed 
and I don't mean like informed by the news. I mean informed by history. They're utterly stupid. Like utterly so stupid. I think that that's a that's another issue that kind of walks hand in hand. Like you have the ones that 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 do not have the capability to think about these problems, and then you have yeah. others that particularly those that went to a university, have a university education, they're unwilling to actually question the the, the, the learning that they have been taught. Um, they're, they're not willing to question, you know, any of the history that they were taught within middle school, high school, and then university. Uh, they're, they're not willing to question uh, basic scientific quote-unquote facts. You know, they're like, oh, well, my teacher told me, so I, I guess that's I guess that's true. I mean, they might have a little bit stronger of an argument than just my teacher told me, but they're not questioning the, the, the actual narrative. And, I mean, this might come down to the, to the whole red pilling, like they're not red pilled. Um, I hate using that term. I hate it, but it just is what it is. Like, I've always been a skeptic of most things. So it kind of was easier for me to be like, oh, yeah, like all this that I've learned in high school is bullcrap. Okay, that, may, that, that, that makes sense. Okay, now this, this, um, this narrative of history actually makes more sense given all the facts than what I learned in high school. Uh, but I don't think people are – maybe it's incentive. Maybe it's uh, they don't want to um, – lose their social status by actually questioning these things. Uh, maybe they don't want to... Um, uh, there was a third one that I, I just totally lost my train of thought. Maybe they... Oh, maybe it's just totally outside their purview. I mean, like the engineer you're talking about, you know, his his mind is, is focused on his particular task, and he doesn't give a crap about anything that's outside of that tunnel that he's in. Um, yeah. And in normal times, I would say that's all well and good. Like if this was the 1980s, uh, when everything was fairly good. I mean, granted, we can still point to a myriad of problems in the 80s, but it would be more understandable. But we're at war now. Uh, maybe not, you know, firearms type war, but we're definitely in. You know, Alex Jones hit it on the head. We're in an information war. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like literally, literally, whenever I say memes are warfare, I'm not being ironic about that. Well, our our one friend who says that memes don't really matter, and you don't have a set a, 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 a what was it as a study that you could cite, and he he got mad at me because I brought up the fact that um, they created a task force just to fight memes online, and he yeah. and he's like. He just wanted to be dismissive about it, right? But when they mm-hmm. prosecute meme makers in um in, in federal court, <laughs> um, I would say that I would say that memes are very effective, especially yeah. that yeah. stupid of a meme. Yeah, like, I think I even reposted one like that a couple times actually, and uh, yeah. So I'm just kind of uh, cro- you know crossing my fingers here, hoping I don't get hauled off to the county clink. That whole series of fake Hillary Clinton campaign ads that that guy had posted, I shared those like crazy on my old Facebook. Like, because they're funny. I constantly, they were hilarious because they, 
They were true. But they were just, it was just, things were just turned in such a way that it, it should be outlandish to you. To the normal person reading it, it, it should have been outlandish. But well, in essence, they really, were true. The one that really got me was the uh, the, the one where, um, okay, skip the lines. Uh, just text your vote in on Tuesday or whatever. That's the <laughs> Hillary Clinton voting day. And I'm just yeah. like, okay. If anybody actually believes this, they should not be able to vote. I mean, they, they probably shouldn't be able to vote anyways. But like, yeah. legitimately, like we, we had yeah. literacy tests for a reason, guys. And they weren't because of racisms. They were because if you're stupid enough to believe that you could text your vote in, you shouldn't vote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I guess this kind of goes back to the thing you met, you opened up with Neil, which was, this isn't like one demographic of people. This is not, you know, X, Y, and Z, right? I this wish is, it were, I wish it were. Cause we can meme them. Yeah. We can meme them into, into submission, but yeah, go ahead. It's, 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 <laughs> well, it, it's a diverse enough group. Haha. -ha, diversity and inclusion. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a diverse enough group where, you know, you could, you could be in any stripe of political idea across any form of demographic. Doesn't matter what your ethnicity is. It doesn't matter what your, um, what state you live in. It doesn't matter. Like any none of that stuff really matters. It's just the mindset. And there's a hundred different ways that they can get from whatever their real beliefs are on how the world should operate to this mindset of, well, just leave me alone and let me grill in my backyard, right? And so we've mentioned a couple different ways here, and there's probably, you know, 50,000 other <laughs> different ways in which someone can get to the same conclusion. Um, you know, one of the big ones I heard was, well, there's nothing we can do about it anyways. They're going to do whatever they want, so why bother? That was one. I heard that a lot. That was yeah. one excuse. Uh, another excuse I got was, um, well, I think everything you're saying is just dumb. Even though they agreed with everything I was saying, they they ultimately just dismissed me as a conspiracy theorist and told me I was crazy. And um, <clears throat> is it a theorist if you're right, though? No. Well, <laughs> it's a conspiracy realist. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I have uh, I have a new. Uh, personal Facebook account. Um, Another and, one? Have you friended me yet? Um, I think so. Um, anyways, so I, I, I <laughs> occasionally post these memes that say, uh, uh, you know, something along the lines of, "What should I say to my conspiracy theorist friends?" And you know, the in in the response text it says, "Thanks," or "Here's a beer." Or, you know, <laughs> something along those lines. Because, you know, all the people who were quote-unquote conspiracy theorists for the last five or six years have just been proven right every single time. Uh, and, and it's almost gotten to the point where the comical conspiracy theories and even the joke ones, um, you know, the, <laughs> the one I always enjoy is Michael Obama. Um, 
See, <laughs> 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 so I, I think that's funny. But, you know, there's some... Famous. Bro, there are pictures. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I Package, man. I don't, I don't think yeah. that's a car nine millimeter. I don't know. Those I are uh, those are some wide shoulders, fellas. <laughs> have you have you done the uh, the deep dive on that one? Yeah, I've done some it's of it. Like, I, like, I like to keep going because uh, apparently, uh, apparently, um, his hers original name was like Michael Dobson <laughs> or something like that. And uh, yeah, yeah it, it's it, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. I'm like, are these, are these are these photos altered? I mean, yeah, I and so it's it's even things like that. You know, there's been you know pick uh, this. I don't think it's Photoshop. There's a picture of um, Barack and one of his best buddies from his childhood, and that dude looks just like Michelle Obama, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm saying, like, if it's photoshopped, like, okay, Doing fine. A good job. Like, I got to do, <laughs> but it's it's a dang good Photoshop if it is. Um, yeah, and stuff like that, man. That, that like even the most wild, crazy conspiracy theorists, uh, conspiracy theories. Um, you know, and, and it's like the the aliens <laughs> gotten a little stale and old and. Um, I'm on my, my new kick is all that, all the, the, the UFOs are just the Nephilim. Um, it's a fun little conspiracy theory for me. Um, they're not from outer space guys. They're from under the earth. Uh, hollow yeah. earth Think about that for a minute. And, and it's not hollow earth. Like most people are thinking like journey to the center of the earth kind of deal, but just do a little bit of digging on all the disappearances around large cave uh, systems around the world. And I'm just saying, it looks kind of weird. <coughs> and then now, now, are you, are you, are, would you be willing to call the, uh, the Wendigos and, uh, and skinwalkers Nephilim? Or are those just other demons? <laughs> Wendigo. Wendigos. Wendigos. So I I think that some of these are probably I think some of these could be natural creatures. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out my caveat. Oh, we're getting into theology podcast territory right there. No, no, no. I'm not getting there. Yeah, I know. And and I I think they're a little too liberal with the with the demon accusation. I don't think everything's demon. Um, No, no, they don't. No, no, no. Glenn Sunshine. he is adamant that he believes that these are creatures, like actual creatures. Like they're not demons per se. Some some might be. But well, like they're let me, let me let me say at the end of episode three when they start talking about stuff like the the Yeti and all these other who things. Who are you talking wait, who are you talking about? The uh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm thinking um Do you think about Josh Robinson's podcast? Oh man! Uh, um, no, not his. His his haunted cosmos. I'm thinking haunted cosmos. I apologize. Not who's out. that? That's, That's so Josh Robinson. Um, no, I think Josh would actually agree with us too. That that the, they're actually creatures. Let's see. Uh, it's it's Brian Sove and Ben Garrett. So oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, these guys, 
they're a little they heavy on the on the on the everything's demons thing. Yeah, uh, it, well, they're really heavily. They're heavily. They're heavily into the Vantillian world too. So I kind of uh, aren't they, or am sure. I mistaken? I I don't know that. I I, I can't speak to that. Maybe maybe Travis uh, can. I can't. I just know. I just know that, like, the more Vantillian someone is, the less likely they are to believe anything supernatural that's not explained by scripture explicitly. Although yeah. I would argue that scripture, although I would argue scripture does address these things, just not in so many terms. But I digress. Yeah. I, I would be. Um... I don't fully buy into him in his his vision or perception of it, but I would be a lot closer to Heiser. <laughs> I think there are spiritual entities and and beings that aren't malicious, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I would even go as far as to say that there are probably spiritual creatures that are akin to animals that aren't like conscious in the sense that we're thinking of like human beings being conscious. Like they're 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 existing on their own wavelength, doing their own thing. Like we're we're not able to like really interact with them. Um, right, and but, so but they always add an extra Tupperware lid and steal a sock from the dryer. <laughs> yeah, yes, they do, man. Now, now I am not arguing you're against that. Elves. You're getting into elves now, and that's a whole different story. You know, oh, what about the machines at work? What about my machines at work that I have to work on? Don't tell me gremlins don't exist. I know oh, they're 100% gremlins, man. Bro. Well, I mean, if, not if, that you look, if you look at other cultures, right? Like, uh, let, let's just take, uh, I believe, the Japanese culture, for instance. Um, they, they believed that in, like, mischievous spirits. Like, they weren't evil spirits. They were just mischievous. Like, they, they would, you know, they would hide your rice bowl and crap like that, didn't they? Yeah, I know <laughs> some cultures did. Well, that's the, that's why I brought up the elves, right? Because the elves were supposed to be the fey creatures, and they would be the ones that do small, mischievous things around your home. And the way to appease them was would be to give them something sweet, like leave out a pie for them in the, in the evening or something like that. And it's just a way of like letting them letting them have some kind of sweet to pacify them, so you can go about doing your business. Um. And the 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 jokes that they played were, you know, just just more like exhaustive teasing. It wasn't really that they hated you and they were trying to hurt you, although you could get them to that level. But most of it was just them being silly and you know, like children that had superpowers kind of deal. Um, yeah, so, so, like in my mind, I'm thinking of like a spiritual fox that runs around and and, and just like. That doesn't hurt you, but just 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 causes a little bit of mischief every now and again, right? And and the uh, the Japanese actually saw the fox as a trickster character, so that that's uh, their their fox spirit is a mischievous uh, spirit. So, let me ask you this: What does the fox say? <laughs> ring ding 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 ring ding ding. Oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> Look, I I loved that song when it first came out. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm gonna listen to that tonight. I, I played you. that song for my wife several times. I t every time I listen to it, I listen to it several times in a row because it bothers her, and I just like getting <laughs> that look. Like, turn that off, or I will kill you. 
And, and what makes it worse is that when we do turn it off halfway through the second playthrough, my children are all like, no, turn it back on. <laughs> Let me so ask I, you this. Who's ready for Coulter Wall's new album? This guy. I know I am. Y'all know who Coulter Wall is? Yeah, I know who Coulter Wall is. However, he's not exactly like... Uh, of course, there's not, not really any musician that I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for a new album to come out. So, I am. Man, his stuff is like... I will say this. Though, there are a couple of our friends who aren't from the South, who aren't from an urban culture, or an urban, my goodness, who aren't from a rural culture, who don't, they don't understand the significance of someone like Culture Wall coming onto the country music scene. Like, those of us born and raised in the South have been listening to garbage, dare I say, shit, like Morgan Wallen and Florida Georgia Line. Like we're we're we we have been waiting for somebody like Coulter Wall and and Cody Jinks, like these guys Sturgill Simpson, Tyler Childers, Jamie Johnson, Jamie Johnson, man, he is he is uh, Whitey Morgan. Oh man, have you listened to Whitey Morgan yet? Yeah, I have. Oh man, I love Whitey Morgan, and there's a whole host of other guys out there, but like. It's nice to finally have like this good music. The the crappy part is that some of these guys don't understand the culture that bred them, and the tradition they come from. So they take very left leaning stances. I was very bothered by Tyler Childers's new album, which is very religiously pluralistic, and I'm. And, I have no doubt in my mind that there's some uh, significant influence from Sturgill Simpson who expresses the same beliefs in some of his music. But at the same time, these guys come from Appalachian culture, which is my, that's my heritage. Uh, I don't know why I'm getting off on this long rant, but <laughs> I, I can tie back point, in, but keep going. My point is like, I, we have some friends who, like, you know, in our Twitter group chat and elsewhere, like, Culture Wall is it, man. Like, Culture Wall is like, bro, you're from you're from Northern California. There are other people. <laughs> Culture Wall is great. Culture Wall is great. He's He might even be the best today, alive. But there are others, and you are allowed to listen to them. Like, I promise that you won't be disappointed. Like, you, you don't have to make your only country music selection culture walk. Well, send me some. And rant. Yet. Well, you, you're too busy videoing. Vid, video gaming. What are you talking about? I'm just messing with you. Our mutual friend always gives you, or used to always give you crap about gaming. Oh, I know, but I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I should uh, think. Yeah. I, do, you, do you listen? Do you listen to music pretty often? Ah, uh, sometimes. I I need to listen to it more. It's good for the soul. It really is. It really is. I, like if you, I if don't you, listen to music you, enough. Let me let me. I got Spotify open right. I'm not gonna play anything. I'm just gonna pull up my playlist. I really do not like this new setup playlist. 
My real so, country playlist. So I kind of want to tie it back into uh, back into Grill, Grill Americans. American. Why is it that Grill Americans just absolutely eat literal? You know, uh, they they eat that shit up. They eat freaking Florida Georgia lineup. They eat Morgan Wallen up. They eat freaking whatever that gay black cowboy was. I don't know what his name was. Um, <laughs> cowboy Troy. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's some new one. Um, I don't. Oh. Know. <laughs> Anyways. They, they, like, yeah, I, I don't know, I, but he ain't no Charlie Pride. I know that. Oh, I, yeah, I freaking love some Charlie Pride now, you know. But they just they, they just gobble this freaking low tier, broke bro country bubblegum chewing bullshit up, and I just cannot flip and stand it. <laughs> well, it, I, they, I, I can't listen to a country station anymore because it's all garbage. I mean, this is just the 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 typical person who will, you know. Uh, Neil mentioned it, right? He's going to a church that has a lady, quote unquote, preaching, because you know women can't preach, but she's acting like she's she's playing the part, like she's preaching, right? Larping, and she's gonna get up. Yeah, it's literal larping, actually. Uh, she's up there LARPing as a preacher, and he knows the truth, but he won't call it out, and he won't leave, right? So it, it's not just political. It's not just even religious. It, it gets down into they'll look at a, a, a brutalist building, and they'll say, man, that that's a pretty cool-looking building. I wouldn't mind living next to that. And it's it's literally eating his soul to live next to that thing. And he'll act like it's a great a great bit of architecture. Um that mindset is just pervasive today. Um I, I don't understand how you know the the I I'll, I when I was in North Carolina in Charlotte, they had this big park that you know the the state owned and operated, the hospital built, and they had this quote unquote sculpture out in the middle of the park, and it's an L. It's a giant L um, that they put in the middle of the park, like the letter L. Uh, like the the jokes write themselves, obviously here, but. That that's not art. Like there's no looking forward to Eden and trying to bring that Edenic vision back and to, to share that with the people. There's no like what does the L even mean? You know, I'm going to read it as you're just a big F and loser. But who <laughs> How do you understand that? What what does that even mean? What is it pointing you to? You have buildings that look like, you know, uh, 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 a, a row of bricks. Like they, they don't look like anything. There's 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 no um, uh, reflection of the culture writ large upon uh, the building. There's no heroes of the culture. That are that are in statute on the building. 
there's no recording of the events that made you know you can call them whatever you want but like even the lincoln memorial right he's sitting on a throne and i know all the lincolnites out there and they're not in our they're probably not in our audience but all the lincoln out lincolnites out there talk about how he's the great liberator but his his statue is a more yeah. truer representation of Lincoln than anybody wants to really acknowledge. He's sitting on the <laughs> throne of fascists, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's looking up above and over anyone who's looking at him. <clears throat> and he's, sitting, and he's sitting Yeah, he's sitting on a throne. Right? He's king that. King Lincoln, right? But but the man is represented with his vision, right, right, and he he is going to see the future. You can disagree with the future. I do. I think Lincoln was evil, but you can disagree with that, but still understand that the artwork that was meant to express his vision is legitimately good artwork. I hate the ideas, but the artwork itself is good. You know, I, I go to the school, and the school looks like a communist prison. You know, and the and the and the prison, <laughs> the correction facility, looks mm -hmm. like an old courthouse, right? With 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 Corinthian columns and everything on the on the on the facade. Um, we've we've completely reversed. Like we, if you don't, if if you work in a in a white collar job, you work in a cubicle, and it's a it's a flat, white colored room, with white lights everywhere everything's white it's this uh futurist like blinding um bright blight blinding white light color on everything that doesn't really look like anything they've got houses that look like somebody took connex boxes and just stacked them on top of one another but didn't even stack them right they're all cattywampus right like that's the kind of stuff we build today, and that's what people look at, and they think that that's good. They think that that's cool, and you have to you have to go and look at some older architecture, like the 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 Greek revival of the plantations, and you say this is a beautiful building. Why do we not have buildings like this? And the answer is because we choose artists who hate us and don't want to reflect us. And they're just a bunch of postmodernists who want to drown everything out in confusion. That's their goal, is to mix things up and confuse things. But all of the grill Americans will just eat it up. So their art can be shit. Their politics can be shit. Their, their churches can be shit. Uh, their culture can be shit. Their food can be shit. Um, their entire life is nothing but shit. And all they're worried about is, hey, man, did you see what, what happened in a game the other day? Man, that was a cool yeah. pass, man. And and yeah. they're willing and they, to yeah. take it. Yeah. And they went to the altar when they were six years old. Went to the altar call. So right. they're, secure. they're secure in two ways. They're secure in the delusion uh, of things not mattering. And they're secure in the delusion that, you know, once saved, always saved, bruh. 
going back to the carnal Christianity stuff you're talking about earlier. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so it's the the music is just one aspect. All the things we've mentioned are just one aspect. And and again, the 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 thing that makes it hard to really mean this or really de- deal with it is that there's such a a wide variety of people and such a wide variety of paths to get to that conclusion that it's really hard to to say one thing to really encapsulate the whole problem. Um, Couldn't we say the one thing to encapsulate the whole problem is just apathy? Just general apathy? Well, that's that's what I meant earlier, because I, I don't know that it's all apathy. I, I, there are people who are just apathetic, but I think some people just, like, it would destroy their view of reality to be able to, to see what's really happening. And they can't bring themselves to do it. Man, what in the hell is you doing, bro? Oh, my bad. It's a dehumidifier. I forgot to mute the... Uh... Well, I mean, I, I think one thing that we can see is is the the the, the legacy of these grill Americans. Uh, just look at all the mainline churches that have went liberal. And, you know, while, okay, while we can still say that... Um, you know, grill Americans cover all dem- all kinds of demographics. Um, in the conservative circles, especially because they just wanted to grill, they just wanted to go to like. I mean, I'm going to pull up. You know, the churches, for instance, the mainline churches, because the average congregant of the PCUSA church just wanted to grill. We. You know the PCUSA has completely fallen, like it's unrecognizable from any form of historic Presbyterian church, um, except for maybe the heretic Yankees from the north. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, so so well, we kind of need to start waking these mother flippers up if we actually want to preserve any institutions in the future. Uh, because it, we yeah. have to remain ever vigilant. Um, you know, it's like, it's like the, um, the 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 statue of uh, I think I think it's called Liberty Man. Uh, if you want to preserve liberty, like the statue of you know, not the statue of Liberty, but Liberty Man, he's resting, but he's always vigilant to preserve liberty. And um, you know, it, you need to remain. You know, if you want to keep these institutions, you have to remain ever vigilant. And be intentionally conservative in order <laughs> to actually keep them. Yeah, and, and I think the you know we've we've done a lot of podcasts on this subject, but you know really uh, breaking everything down to, or I'm I'm sorry, not breaking everything down, but uh, pulling everything back down to reality, right? So the, the Southerns were always the more reasonable because the Southerns more or less have always dealt with what is because you kind of have to, right? The, the chickens ain't going to feed themselves. <laughs> you know, you got to get food uh-huh. for somehow, right? So no, no amount of, um, uh, no, no amount of, uh, uh, your five year plans are going to feed your chickens. Those five-year plans don't mean—they don't mean anything, um, because that doesn't—that's not the the plan is not what gets anything done. It's the people on the ground 
who are actually turning the gears and like those are the people that you want and and that's where the that's where the 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 victory has to be won um and and, and that's why people are so blackpilled today is because the the mindset that has won today has been the mindset of well it doesn't matter or oh we're we're going to lose down here anyways or um you know this this pervasive scientism that we that we are fighting today uh naturalistic materialism uh you know i, I I've mentioned this before, but I mean, this, this is why I love Dabney's systematic theology because he opens with an attack on materialism because he, he, he rightly recognized that a materialist culture loses all frame for virtue, all frame for goodness, all frame for, for holiness. And so it's, 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 it's against God to have that mindset, but that's the mindset people think with today. Um, and so there, there's a lot of these issues that that really need to be won on the ground. Um, that you know the vast majority <laughs> of Christian interaction with the public has been, you know, have you prayed the sinner's prayer, man? Like, <laughs> did you did you go down to to the to the to the pews? Did you go down the pews, man? Did you go pray the sinner's prayer, man? <clears throat> and I. I mean, God can save people through that, right? I, I'm not yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that people aren't ever saved because of that. I think I think some people have been saved because of that. Um, uh, you, you can be saved you, and have a really terrible view of how the world works, <laughs> right? Yeah. And your view of how the world works. I mean, we're, we're looking at people today that I, I think these people are saved, but they think the world works the way that, atheists think the world works that's yeah. a problem too and that and that needs to be remedied that needs to be fixed so so the obvious question then is how like this the question of how brings me back to a problem i had uh or a problem in my mind whenever i was a ancap or anarcho-capitalist libertarian whatever you want to call it and it was like this Am I spreading the gospel of of what was in libertarianism, but now, like, am I spreading the gospel of paleoconservatism, of Christian, Christian nationalism? It's like, no. Now I've come to the thinking that, no, this is just spreading the gospel. Like, think about this for a second. I, I, I just started reading a book by Tom Holland, I think that's his name, the, the atheist who just is obsessed with Christianity in like a positive sense. Uh, a book that I'm reading right now, I can't remember what it's called. It's like the creation of Western Christendom or something like that. And he makes the point that, uh, oh gosh, where was I going with this? I lost my train of thought. I don't know. You tell me. What was I just saying? <laughs> you were saying this feller is obsessed with Christianity, but in a good way? Yeah. Oh, where was I going with this? Oh, geez. 
I hate when I lose my train of thought. Sorry, I'm just so tired. It's all good, buddy. Uh, yeah. Oh, heck. I don't know. I don't remember what I was saying, but it's a good book. He makes he makes these uh he makes the point and albeit he's wrong and to some degree, but he makes the point that if not for for Christendom and Christianity, freedom as we know it wouldn't exist. Concepts of liberty that we have now wouldn't exist. Um uh, Oh yeah, that's what I was getting at. The the evangelization of of what it is we believe so evangelism wasn't standing on soapboxes and preaching in the public square like so many uh, uh open air preachers would have us believe today evangelism back then was very <clears throat> multifaceted i guess you would say um you had the state and the church not working uh, in a hierarchy together but working hand in hand uh, the state obviously bearing the sword for morals, for, for morality's sake, not to convert people to Christianity, but to convert them to a higher sense of civility and civil culture. That's why I think it's important people need to read Stephen Wolf's book, Case for Christian Nationalism. Uh, but evangelism, or, or not evangelism, but uh, Trying to convince people to come along with us today, we can't use force. We don't have a state apparatus behind us to tell us, hey, you know what? You should probably turn off the Pornhub or we're going to put you in prison or, you know, torture you or something. I don't know. Um, the way we go about convincing people of things today is like Mad Men. You guys, you're familiar with the TV show Mad Men, right? We 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 try to create memes. We try to create fancy websites. We write blog articles. We try to dress up the issue in such a way to to pull their attention. Right? We're trying to get their attention. It's 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 almost like we have to tap into the consumerist model. That's so pervasive in modernity, post-modernity now. We have to like fight fire with fire, I guess is the point I'm getting at. That, that's why we have that's why we have memes. That's why we have podcasts now. That's why we have uh, people write provocative books. Uh, that's why we have our anonymous Twitter accounts and stuff like that. Like trying to get these people attention and engaging them is a lot tougher. Because we don't have the backing of a culture anymore. You see what I'm saying? Like the culture is hostile towards us. And so the question of how for me is is mixed. Like I'm not I'm not entirely sure how I should go about it. Like, how do I address my friends? I've already asked them, like, well, how can you go to a church with you know, for all I know your priest, your pastrix or whatever is a lesbian. Right, and you're you're like hardcore, quote unquote, conservative, Trumpian, whatever. Which I would argue isn't conservative at all. But like, how do I get across to them the cognitive dissonance that they're exhibiting, and how do I get that Overton window to at least individually to shift back to the right? 
Boy, you guys are on mute right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that uh, I think that the 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 things that you just mentioned are ways you can do that, uh, and I I think that's that's a start. Um, I know for me, I deal with you know people at work who you know, really ostensibly are, are grill Americans and you, you mention things to them and they're like, bro, that's no way that didn't happen. You know, I, I mentioned the finders the other day at work and the dude swore up and down that, you know, CIA would never do that. And then he goes and he looks it up, spends about 10 minutes on the Googles. And he, <laughs> he's like, uh, my, my God, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, well, Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. Like they, this is the kind of stuff they get up to, and they're doing it with your money. You know, I, I shared the map of you know ever since the Taliban took you know uh, Afghanistan back over, uh, all the poppy fields went away, and they're they're growing wheat. <laughs> like you know, they're they're growing food now. Shocking, shocking all guys. Like they're they're growing food. But to I feed the your people. Were the bad guys. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, Wait, that's the, the kind of. What, when you the say the finders, what are you talking about? Are you talking about the cult? So the finders were a cult of people um, that were uh, basically taking kids and indoctrinating them to their cult, and there was there was a bunch of abuse going on. Um, well, the the local cops. Um, we're trying to stop them. And during the process of investigation, they, they were approached by CIA operatives who essentially told them, Hey man, just stop investigating these guys. This thing just got out of hand. Uh, and so the, the CIA was actually involved in creating that cult. They were the finders. The CIA is the finders. Well, yeah, but it, they're they're playing it off as if it just got out of hand. And it's like, bro, how did you how did your child your child sex cult just get out of hand, quote unquote? Like like how, how do you start that and expect it not to get out of hand? You thought that Oops, was a good I, idea. Oops, I accidentally started a child trafficking ring. Oops. Right, like oopsie daisy. Like that's <laughs> a, a mild oversight, you know. Um but yeah. there's stuff like that everywhere. And when when people go from thinking they live in a society that you know, it's got its problems, but it basically values goodness and justice to your political elites are literally um, turning children into child sex slaves. They they it just completely destroys their notion of how the world works. They can't they can't process it. Um, and so I, I work in increments, right? I'll mention things like that, and I'll get a bro, that's crazy. Uh, but then stuff starts building up. And they have to, they have to start, you know, get they have to start dealing with it on a on a a real tangible basis after a while. Um, it's it's difficult for people, man. Like it's it's shatters their perception of reality. 
Uh, and that, yeah. that's not something you can just do to people because it'll drive people mad. Like it, it, it'll drive people who are pretty intelligent and you know usually pretty reasonable people, and it'll drive them crazy. So you you just have to take care, and you know you have to be wise and 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 work in things in increments. Uh, I think I think a lot of patience is due uh, in these situations because people aren't just gonna suddenly adopt, you know, a, an understanding of what's really happening overnight. It's going to be a very incremental thing. Yeah. <sighs> we're running just, we're over an hour right now. Um, how do we want to wrap this up or have we wrapped it up? No, I think that's a good a good spot to end. I mean, answering the question of how that's a tough question, man. Like it goes back to the old proverb, you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink. Like what what the hell are you supposed to do, man? Like people just don't give a shit. Like I I was looking back at the uh the passage in Isaiah about how it's essentially everything gets flipped on its head, right? Every what they what they call good what is good they call evil what is evil they call good like you know what's crazy about that is like we didn't have that problem until modernity right like even in even pagans had a concept of what is good and didn't flip it on its head like they didn't they didn't mutilate freaking ch children you know, like, like the idea of tra transgender ideology is far worse in my mind than throwing babies into a fire at the Aztec temple or virgin. Actually, no, they, what they did was they, they sacrificed virgins, right? They ripped their heart out or whatever. Like, I think they're more comparable in a certain sense in terms of like uh, <clears throat> violence and, and, and grotesque. Uh, the, the grotesque display of of, of of paganism, but it's like it's like they 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 were trying like I don't know how to explain it the best way, but it's, they still had a concept of good, and they were trying to fulfill uh, that that void, I guess you could say. They're trying to fill that void of what they thought was lacking in order to please the good whereas today it's like what is good is actually bad if that makes any um, sense Every, everything is flipped on its head in such a way like that passage in Isaiah perfectly explains post-modernity which is where we're at well this is why I mentioned uh, after virtue and you know Neil you were the one who turned me onto that book to begin with great book um, but I mean, this is, this is what it's talking about. The entire premise of the book is that our very conceptions of, of what is virtue, is virtue even a thing, are so turned on its head because, you know, of what these enlightenment philosophers have really done to us. And the problem is that we're culpable in it because we continue to perpetuate the bad ideas we continue to, to act like these ideas are good ideas when they're fundamentally evil. Um, and so I, I highly recommend 
everyone read that book. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's that it's the idea of virtue itself, um, not existing. Um, yeah. that, that's the, the core problem with modernity is we don't believe in virtue itself. We think that virtue is just an opinion and it's not something that's built into reality. I mean, th this is, this is the, this very conversation is what made me a Thomist because there's no, like you can't separate what is from what, what is good. Yeah. That's, that's, and to, and to do that is what has caused all the problems in modernity to begin with. Yeah. Well, um, you're going, you're, you're basically, you, you've, you put off that deontological ethic and you put on virtue ethics. Like there's a reason for why God, uh, prescribes and prohibits certain things. It's not just arbitrary. I mean, I guess in ultimate sense, you could say it's arbitrary, but God is well, making I mean, us do these things, and he's not hes not prohibiting us from doing certain things for no reason. There, There is virtue is involved. Like, it's its intimately intertwined. And he it's designed just sheer, it. It's so just a sheer was, duty. Yeah, yeah. It, but, but he designed it where the good was the intent of the being right like yeah the whole purpose of it of the exist existence of a thing was so that it can show the good um and and it, this is a whole podcast in and of itself i wouldn't mind doing a podcast just on this topic because it, it's a it's a great topic um but uh we'll, we'll have to do that at a later date but that yeah. i think i think the how gets into uh rebuilding in a in a very tangible way what virtue is in the mind of your friends, family, the people you work with, um, you know, and doing it in increments. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening in on our podcast. If you like what you hear, please share and comment wherever you're listening to it. And check out our Gab page at Dixie Polis Podcast. If you want to contact us, please send an email to DixiePolis at ProtonMail.com or send us a message on Gab. If you like the music we're playing, hang out a little while and let the song finish. It's Wayfaring Stranger by Southern Raised, and you can listen to them on YouTube or go to their website at southernraisedbluegrass.com. God bless y'all. I know dark clouds will gather around me. I know my way. Rough and steep.